Hey, I'm Jonathan Alexander, one of the Panthers beat writers here at the Charlotte Observer. And I'm Elena Getzenberg, the other Panthers beat writer at the Observer. And you're listening to Panthers Tracks. It's a throw that I got to make. Um, yeah, we schemed the pass play up for a certain look, and they didn't give us that look, but you know, when DJ uh, pops open behind those linebackers, uh, I just got to make that throw. Um, so I, I'm aware of that, man. You know, when, when I'm playing well and I, my energy is there, this team plays well. And I think um, I just have to continue to be more consistent with, you know, just the energy that I bring to the table on Sundays. That was Panthers quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, who, you know, seemed to take responsibility um, for that throw to that miss throw to DJ Moore where he was wide open in the in the end zone you know a day after you know he seemed to put some of the responsibility on Joe Brady as you wrote he was frustrated after that game and like a lot of you know when you lose a close one that's a natural reaction um but I think what was kind of surprising to a lot of us was that he came off and he was not (laughs) shying away from pretty much saying you know if the play call had come in even a few couple seconds, so just a little bit sooner, he felt like they would have gotten a better sense of the defense the Vikings were in, and then they might have actually run the ball in that play instead, which would have been the correct choice in my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, both to take time off the clock, Teddy kind of said he tried to make the best of the situation, but I mean, they broke the huddle with like seven or six seconds left on the play clock, no timeouts. They didn't want to lose the down, so it was kind of a weird situation. But we've just never seen Teddy, like, put the blame on the coaching staff in that way. I mean, he didn't go out and say, like, Joe Brady sucks or anything like that, but it was like – but no matter what, both – I I believe both sides were responsible. It was just messy. The coaching staff was definitely responsible, but DJ Moore was – you don't get much more wide open in, in an end zone. <laughs> you just don't. And yeah. so – it's both the coach. I think the blame's on the coach's staff and then Teddy for just missing that throw. Yeah, it it, it was a three yard throw. I mean, I mean, maybe a little bit longer because of the end zone, but he should have hit it. It was right there. The linebackers were full. Um, but I, just like I, I agree with you, it wasn't the play they should have ran. Um, you know, I think it was one fifty four on the clock when they had it. You run that ball. You have a chance to score the touchdown first of the ball by running the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, But even if you don't get it, whether it's at the two-yard line or three-yard line, um, it runs the clock down all the way to 114. You kick that field – you try to kick that – you either kick the field goal, which I don't think they should kick the field goal because regardless whether the Vikings score, they're going to lose. In overtime, I I don't know. I still – I give the Panthers a chance in overtime. But I think you run the touchdown, but, but you run it regardless. And even if you do decide to kick the field goal, you get down to 110. That puts a lot more pressure on Kirk Cousins than 154. I mean, 154 is like, oh, this is this is good. Like, oh, I got I got plenty of time, you know, to score this touchdown. So I don't think that there was that much pressure on Kirk Cousins. And I think that's what I, and I do put a lot of the blame on the coaching staff for their, you know, play calls and, and the play calls they made. They had the ball at the nine yard line. Mm-hmm. The, the nine yard line. <laughs> you, you shouldn't even be in a situation to to get there on 33. I mean, you've got to get that. You've got to steal that, that game. The Vikings just basically said, here you go, win yeah. it, and, and they didn't do it. 
Yeah. I also think too, I mean, part of that is what you just said is if you run it on third down, not only are you taking time off the clock, which I argue is the most important like statistic thing in that situation, the Vikings didn't have any timeouts. The clock would have and the clock would have easily gone down to almost a minute, like not quite, but it was it would have been close. And that's a whole different drive for the Vikings. Yeah. Um, you also, if you run the ball on third down, you might have set yourself up for a favorable fourth down situation if Matt Rule, which we've seen him make that choice a lot to go for it on fourth down, if he decided to go, like say it's fourth and one at the one yard line. You might want to try that. Like, it might be worth it. I don't know if he would have, and I don't know if it would have worked, but you, they took themselves out of the situation to be in a favorable fourth down as well. And if you don't get it, the Vikings have to travel 99 yards. Yeah. One yeah. remaining. And what what kind of – that's that's pressure. Like, you, the, the decision should have been to run the ball. Yeah. Uh, I don't get that. Teddy should have hit the pass. He was wide open. Teddy should have hit it. But the coaching staff also made mistakes, and you got to do better in that situation. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is coming off probably his worst game of the year, in my opinion. He had his worst completion percentage. And I think, you know, the coaching staff, too, you would hope that over the course of the season, you know, even if they're not winning games, I think what we want to be taking away from this is things are moving in the right direction. And I think – you know, I wouldn't have thought at the beginning of the season that they would have even been in this Vikings game. But I just thought from a coaching staff perspective and from a Teddy perspective, it was a little bit of a step back um, just because, you know, at some point you have to start winning these games. Yeah. I mean, the losses like this hurt. Like when you lose losses yeah. week after week, you start to when you get in these situations, you start to say, oh, here it goes again. I, I remember covering Carolina in. 2018, I think. Yeah, it was 2018, last year, Larry Fedora. Like, they had so many close games. And I remember players telling me when they got in the situation where the other team came back, they started to feel like, oh, we're about to lose this game. So, you know, players feel that. Yeah. Uh, so they got to start winning these close games. Coaching has to make better play calls. They've got to make those plays, um, you know, if they want to get over that hump. Teddy Bridgewater even talked about it. You know, he, he said – you know, he'll, he'll feel the more they get used to the system, the longer they play, he thinks they'll start winning those games. But you got to make those plays. You got to have confidence that you can make those plays. Yeah. Three quarters of the way through the season, I don't buy that anymore. I yeah. Just- yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen this year at all. Yeah. No. I mean, and they're going to have to get some, some better players to uh, uh, beef up, you know, what they have. Um, but, you know. Yeah, I mean they're missing a guy named Christian McCaffrey a little bit. So yeah, McCaffrey definitely probably would help, you know. Yeah. We're gonna move into our second segment, and I think it's super relevant. A lot of people are interested in it. Uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is trying to become this franchise quarterback. I think you know the staff, especially Joe Brady, has has faith in Teddy Bridgewater and thinks he can be. I think Teddy Bridgewater, you know, you know, I think he could be a winner. I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback, and I don't know if he's an answer for the Panthers. I think he certainly has the ability to win. Uh, he showed that at in New Orleans, um, but you know you have to, the NFL draft is coming up. The Panthers keep falling; they're seventh right now. They could be they could pick seventh, and they and a quarterback could be there. You know, should the what do you think? Should the Panthers draft a quarterback if one is there? Only if the right one is there is how I feel about this. And I don't think the right one is not one that's ready to play 
next year at all to me. Like, I don't think that's a requirement for the Panthers in any respect. Um, I think they could have, they're not going to draft a Patrick Mahomes. Of course, there is no Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how you feel about Trevor Lawrence, but there's no Patrick Mahomes, like, coming. Um, but I think having a year for a quarterback to – Teddy Bridgewater is going to be here next year. I mean, that's just how his contract is. I mean, it would be, like, something shocking if he wasn't. But, you know, they're set up to have an opportunity for a quarterback to sit behind Teddy and learn and kind of process and, you know, get that time to not have to be thrust out onto the field, which I think could be a great thing. But I think it would only make sense if it's the right person. I wouldn't draft a quarterback if I was the Panthers if – you know, the right one wasn't there. Like, I, I think if Trevor Lawrence was there, you, you get the number one pick, but they're not going to get. Um, you get him. Uh, I don't think you waste your draft picks this year to try to get Trevor Lawrence. I think if Justin Fields is there, you get him. I don't think he's going to be there at seven, though. Um, so for that reason, I don't think the Panthers should draft a quarterback. And like you said, they have a lot more needs, particularly, you know, I don't know if, if Taylor Moten, who's been so great for the Panthers, is going to be back next year. Yeah. I mean, he should have got that contract before. The Panthers should have resigned yeah. them before this year. That, that's going to be – they're going to – that's going to bite them. They're going to be hurt by that. Um, that you know, I don't know if Russell Kuhn, or Kuhn's going to be back next year. He's on a one-year deal. Do the Panthers want to bring him back? He's been injured, you know. He, expensive, too. Yeah, expensive. He pondered retiring um, before the year. Now, that was probably because of COVID. Um, but I mean, he's 30, what, 32, going to be 31, going to be 32. Um, that's a hard decision to make. Middle linebacker, they definitely need middle linebacker. 100%. We know that. Just a little bit. That's no secret. Panthers fans know that. Um, cornerback, you know, they need, they need that. Um, Dante Jackson may not be here two years from now. Um, uh, to me, he hasn't proven that he's that, that top guy. And then uh, uh, the other one, I think, and I wrote about this uh, just y- yesterday, I think that they need a pass rushing uh, defensive tackle or maybe even, um, you know, some, I don't know, Yates, uh, maybe it's a little bit early on Yates tour because we hadn't seen much of him. He's hurt. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think you have too many good defensive linemen. I think that's where it starts up front. And if they had somebody opposite, I'd probably prefer a pass rushing defensive tackle um, opposite of Derrick Brown because Kawan Short has just gotten hurt. He didn't even look great when he was healthy. Like, great leader, great person, great interview, but um, <laughs> he's not what he used to be. Yeah, um, Seems like that might be the it, – it would be a natural conclusion. for. Yeah. Uh, he's had a great Panthers career, but it just seems like it might be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think the Panthers have other needs that if they had the right person there, and I, I'm looking at at some of the mock drafts, there are going to be that right person there for certain positions. They got to do that, um, especially if they go with a defensive player. That defense, that defense can be really good with Brian Burns and, and Jeremy Chin. Yeah, um, yeah, like that's that's yeah. going to be nice. Yeah, um, they just have to figure out the sec. Like I agree with you. I just think they have to figure out the secondary. Like I think. Finding a, even ignoring Dante, like Rasul Douglas is a free agent. Like I just don't see them signing him to a big deal. He's played well. He's been what they needed, but they need a corner, and they hadn't figured that out last off season, and they really need to. I mean, it's been an issue this year. Troy Pride, I don't think, has wowed. Like I think he's still developing, and I don't know if we're ready to like have him be a starting corner, right? Like next year, like week one, like I. 
let's hope not, <laughs> um, not just because he's still developing. So yeah. I think they might need, maybe that's not in the draft, maybe that's like a free agent signing, but they just have a lot of needs, um, like you said, and they are really set up to have a top 10 pick. Like they play the Packers, the Saints, you know, two for sure playoff teams. Like they're set up to lose at least a couple of these last four. So don't, don't, don't think the, we, we both don't think the Panthers should reach for a quarterback. Um, I mean, if they're number one, number two, you know, you got to take one, but that's not going to happen. I will say, I mean, they're supposed to be like, now they're projecting that like four or even five quarterbacks might get taken in like the top 15 or something. And I do think, and Marty Herney doesn't <laughs> generally like to do this, but you have to look at two, like, Say, I mean, Teddy is fine for next year. Like, I think, and there will be quarterbacks coming out in the 2022 draft. Like, there will be. Um, and maybe the, their guys there, like, trading back and acquiring more draft picks, like, for maybe a more, from a more quarterback needy team, I would, if I was GM, I would for sure consider that. Because, say they can get, like, an earlier second-round pick or, like, something like that. Like, they need those picks. So, I, I would definitely look at that. Yeah, that's super important. Like, you know, you got two more years of to find one if, if Teddy isn't your answer. It gives you time to evaluate Teddy. You know, you trade back in this draft. You still want to get a good player in the first round, especially in the top. Two. I, I think the, I think the whole thing. Like 15 or something. You yeah. know, like it doesn't have to be dramatic. Yeah. And, and just like you said, somebody starving for a quarterback will make that move. Yeah. You do that, you, you get your assets up, and, and maybe you even, you know, try to trade for a future, um, you know, to get higher. Yeah. Um, in the future, um, the Jets are going to be terrible for a long time. <laughs> uh, but but I, I'm just saying that, that possibility is there, which which only further adds to the argument why the Panthers should not reach um, yeah. for a quarterback this year. I, yeah. I, that's, that's that's a perfect point. I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, I think you look around though, just to put a to end on it. Like, yeah, I think you look around the NFL and there's a ton of teams that are like going to be looking at quarterback in this draft. There's just some bad quarterbacks playing football right now. I don't think Teddy like makes that cut of like bad quarterbacks at the moment. So I yeah. definitely think that would be like a, a option that if they Panthers don't explore that, that would be a mistake. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, move, moving into our favorite segment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's trending overreach or underreach um you know our, our first topic uh was uh was teddy a mistake you saw that on twitter mm -hmm. uh, you know was it a mistake signing and what do, what do you think no i don't um purely because um i don't think there was a better option like i don't think i'll be very honest i've been a little under Whelmed, like over from overdoing over under. I've been underwhelmed on Teddy, mm -hmm. um, so I think I think it's an overreaction to say it was a mistake. I and mean, I've seen that a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's been like Cam Newton's been playing so well in New England that it's like, oh my god, like I think that was the right timing on both sides, and that was the right decision. Um, but when it comes to Teddy, like I don't know what the like. I think they he's a good bridge quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know like he's a good bridge quarterback and like from what I've seen like I'm not ready to sit here and say he should be the starter you know he should get an extension or anything like that but what he could be like Teddy I mean we've heard talked to the backup quarterbacks like he's been a great teacher he's a great teammate um and I think 
that's what you want for your rookie quarterback or whoever you bring in to have someone to work with like Teddy. So even if he's not the starter for the long term, he's a good person, which, you know, we don't talk about a whole lot with quarterbacks, but like he's, he's doing well enough that I think it was not a mistake. And in the long run, it'll have been the right decision, even if he's not here for years and years. Yeah. And statistically, to be honest with you, um, you know, it's turning out to be the, you know, the better move than keeping Cam. I mean, statistically, Teddy's had a better year than Cam. Um, I mean, so I know someone would have to convince me that Cam's not a little bit injured still. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, think about it. If Cam was having the year that he's having now with the Panthers, Panthers probably be in this with the same record, or you know, and Matt Rule would make the decision to not move to not move. He they wouldn't sign Cam Newton after the year that he's having. They they wouldn't sign him to another big contract. Yeah, it's no. harder. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to justify that. Yeah. So, so you got a few more years with, and, and then they would have really had to make the decision to draft a quarterback, yeah. and, and, and probably and probably even reach. Uh, so, you know, I, I think ultimately it turned out that this was a this was a better move, and just like you said, there weren't better options than than Teddy Bridgewater out there. So, you know, it's hate as bad as it is probably for some of you all to admit that because. You love you love Kim and rightfully so. He was great for the Panthers for the number of years he was there. It turned out that this was the right move. Uh, second topic: uh, Snow should be fired. <laughs> We're only bringing this up because <laughs> it's such an overreaction that we are totally pointing it out. But everyone, please calm down. Like we said this last week, and I just think he's been dealt with a really difficult situation and if Jeremy Chin the fact that Jeremy Chin is in the running for defensive rookie of the year in this defense mm-hmm. tells me all I need to know about Phil Snow that's like he's doing well enough Brian Burns is having a heck of a season they moved him from you know he's not playing the same role he did last year he's doing really well FAO bottom moved inside like is doing well I just think everyone calm down the offense is more of an issue to me than the defense yeah oh absolutely I mean 20 to zero you shut out the Lions I know the Lions weren't good but he's still shutting out. Um, and then they, yeah. And and then before that last drop, they played extremely well against the Vikings, two defensive touchdowns. And to be one hundred percent honest with you, the defense should have been in that position to for that last drive. The Panthers offense should have sealed it. And you know what? If if Panthers offense had sealed it, we would have been talking about the Panthers defense being great and Phil Snow a genius. To mm-hmm. be one hundred percent honest with you. It wasn't their fault. They were in that position. Now they should have got the shot. Um, they shouldn't have did all those three man rushes, but they shouldn't have even been in that position to begin with. I think Phil Snow has actually done a really good job with a defense that is so young, that is so new, um, that does not have the right pieces um, to be successful. And it wasn't Phil Snow who brought in these pieces. Um, he had to make do with what he had. Uh, the, the defense has been considering. You know what they have? The defense has been more impressive than the offense. You made a great segue into the next one. Jeremy Jen, is he defensive player of the year? Is that an overreaction or underreaction? I mean, not defensive player of the year, sorry. Defensive rookie of the year. Is that an overreaction or underreaction? I don't think it's an overreaction, like, at all. Like, I think he's playing really well. Like, he had 13 tackles also in addition. Like, I think we forget about that part. He had 13 tackles in addition to two touchdowns like what a game like I just think he's been so impressive in so many ways um and like quietly I guess like it's not like a league-wide thing until he scored those two touchdowns but we've been seeing it all year like he's playing really well 
Um, and I think, you know, there are some really good defensive rookies out there. Like I think Chase Young is going to be amazing. He's looked great from what I've seen. And Patrick Queen, I know, is having a nice season. But I just think from what they what the Panthers asked Jeremy to do is above and beyond. He plays, we don't really know what position to call him. He's all over the place. And I just think he's playing so well. Like, I, And it's not just the two-touchdown game to me. Like, I think um, he is – I don't know if he'll get the award because his stats aren't the flashiest, but I definitely think he deserves it. Yeah. I mean, he's been the second best player on the Panthers defense this year behind Brian Burns. He's, he's, Brian Burns is playing exceptionally well. Yeah. But he he and Jer- Jeremy Chin, I think, is having a, just a really good – I Panthers fans should be thrilled with, like, his future. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we wrote about this, um, you know, the other day. The yeah. one thing missing from Jeremy Chin was his – the flashy numbers. <laughs> and we got that in 10 seconds. You're welcome, Jeremy. <laughs> we brought good fives to you. <laughs> we got that in 10 seconds. And I think that puts more people on notice about Jeremy Chin. Yes, two defensive touchdowns. That's, that's probably more than anybody, any rookie in the league, I would assume. I think that is not an overreaction. I think Jeremy Chin should win the defensive rookie of the year. So that's our show. If you like this podcast and want to see more projects like this, please subscribe to the Charlotte Observer Sportscast. We get unlimited digital access to our sports section with our current deal for 99 cents for each of the first three months of your subscription. That includes coverage of the Panthers, the Hornets, NASCAR, UNC Charlotte, high school sports, UNC Chapel Hill, Duke, NC State, and more. You can find the Sports Pass at charlotteobserver.com slash sportspass.